about this. You've never been at this exact moment in this exact place as this exact version of yourself before. Whoa. I'm Bron Carley. And I'm Cindy Harville. We believe that when we approach the journey of life with curiosity, joy, and a desire to grow, we can have a powerfully positive impact on the world around us. Join us for conversations and explorations that will change your perspective, shift your mindset, and inspire you to get out there and spread the good stuff. Spread that good stuff. All right. So today, Broncar and I are going to be talking about how to be on stage and give a good presentation or keynote or speech. Communication, facilitation. Yeah. Talking. First, <laughs> I'm going to remind you that this is brought to you by the Good Stuff Network. The good Stuff Network. We are all about spreading the good stuff in the world. And that means using your skills and your strengths and all of the good stuff you have within you to make a positive impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Right? So we do a lot of cool things every month. If you visit go.spreadthegoodstuff.com, you can see what we're doing this month that you can sign up and um, be a part of. Yeah. It's all good stuff. So I'm interviewing Broncar today. And we're doing it in a really fun way because Cindy uh, asked me if I wanted to hear the questions ahead of time. And I was like, no, I don't. I want to be totally surprised. So this will be the first time I'm hearing <laughs> these questions. Yeah. <laughs> you asked for it. Well, we want conscious conversations here where it's like we're really speaking from the heart, you know, and yeah. we're not, there's nothing fabricated. It's just like, this is, this is who we are and what we're all about. You know, it's no smoke and mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I wanted to ask um, you some questions about um, your experience as an onstage personality, persona, performer, presenter, whatever else comes there. And first, I just wanted to set the stage for people who are listening or joining us for the first time, maybe. Could you share a little bit of your history and your experience with being on a stage and outwardly? Spreading. Yeah. Um, well, I've been on a lot of stages. So this the the stage has the stage has been my second home, really. You know, I've done at this point, I don't know how many shows, over five thousand, like an insane amount. You know, there was one year when I did four hundred and seven shows in a year, which was nuts. So um, yeah, lots of and lots of different types of stages too to preface. Um you know, like little tiny stages, like birthday parties and, you know, in people's houses and backyard barbecues, uh, as well as, you know, Madison Square Garden and, you know, Tonight Show and Super Bowl stuff. I mean, like all kinds of random, just a lot of different kinds of stages, you know. So there's a lot of, a lot of, um, different experiences that I pulled from and there are many things to share. I'm excited without just jumping in. I want to wait for the questions. Well, you started as an entertainer and as a musician and as a um, even circus in there. So you've done like a variety of performance as well as keynoting and presenting like, you know, programs and talking about learning and, and the excitement for learning and, um, Hacking the learning curve was one of your topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we wrote a book, actually, Bold Achievement Method. So so there's been a lot of, like, presentation uh, in different capacities that you've done. Yeah. um, Just for people who don't already know that about you. Yeah. And um, 
the first like question I have is, what's the hardest thing about getting on stage? The hardest thing about getting on stage is getting out of my own way. That's definitely the hardest thing. So, and there's a lot of techniques for that I've, a lot of tools that I've cultivated to overcome that. Um, but yeah, getting out of my own way is a big one uh, because self-sabotage, you know, the self-talk when it's, when it's negative or, you know, less preferred, breaking, breaking yourself down. We're our own worst critics oftentimes, you know? And so, you know, one thing for me is to always, always, it's rare that I assume I can strongly anticipate, but I rarely assume. But for this particular technique, I assume, I always assume that the audience wants me to succeed, right? I always assume that the audience wants me to succeed. And then I suddenly enter and they're my friends because they want, and and if you think about it, they definitely do. I mean, we want to see a, you know, professional basketball player play really well. We want to see them get on fire and hit every three-pointer, right? Slam dunk. We want to see them hit the grand slam. You know, that's baseball. So, uh, but we want to see them succeed, right? Even if it's not our team, when we see somebody like running it and they're like in the pocket, in the zone, like that's exciting and it's infectious and we vicariously experience it through them. So as a you know, public speaker, a keynoter, a musician, a circus performer, a whatever it is that I'm doing on stage, I assume that the audience wants me to succeed because they're going to be experiencing that moment through me. And if it's a pleasant experience, it's going to be, for me, it's going to be more pleasant for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like the hardest thing is mental and it's all in your mind, really. And so your tools are shifting your mindset. Yes to, you know, come from, come in from a place of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and also it is mental. It's also, it's also physical. It's also emotional. There are a lot of things that play sure. into that. Like, for example, one thing that people don't think about is when you're performing, you're, you're always at an away game or not always, but oftentimes at an away game, unless you have a if you have a following and you're doing like, you know, you're you're putting butts in seats and they're all coming to you, um, that's that's a slightly different. But if you're going out and you're performing at, you know, an event, a, a, a theater or you're performing at a conference or you're going out, you're always at an away game. Even when you're bringing your audience there, you're still at an away game. A lot of times you're staying at a hotel in a bed that you've never slept in, using a pillow you've never used. You know, it's maybe a different time zone. There's a whole lot of things that you're working with that aren't, you know, offstage um, issues or challenges, not onstage issues or challenges that you're dealing with. And it's interesting because I think what a lot of people might think knowing you is that it's easy for you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would say that I'm guilty of assuming that it's easy for you. Even I know the challenges and I'm, I'm here behind the scenes but a lot of people would assume because you are a charismatic personality and you're outgoing and extroverted, et cetera, that it's easy. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a little comforting for me to know that it's not that easy. Yeah. You know, I actually, it actually irritates me when people play the talent card and they say, Oh, you're so talented. You can do that thing. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Uh, I worked really hard to be able to, you know, stand on stage and deliver something, uh, you know, in, in an articulate way, 
a fun way, a playful way. That's like way harder to do, but like, that's like, that's like Jedi level, but like to stand on stage and deliver and make sense and be comprehensible. And to do that, it's taken a lot of work. And so when people say you just talented or something, I'm like, no, 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 no. And now I'm going to give you an earful of what it takes to actually get to that place. I'm not saying that I wasn't born with, you know, a little bit of more extroverted on the spectrum, right? I'm more extroverted, but like, uh, it's still taking a lot of work, you know, because there's a big difference. You know, this is, and I love talking about this, this, this topic because there's a big difference between being funny and entertaining around your friends after you've, you know, had dinner and a drink or whatever, and you're hanging out. It's like, yeah, anybody can do that. But to stand on stage in front of a thousand people you don't know and at 8 a.m. <laughs> with a mic strap in your face and lights in your eyes, and then to be funny in that context, that is a completely different, that's, that is not relatable, relatable at all to this other environment. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize because if you've never been on stage, you know, if you've only been in an audience looking at a person on the stage, you know, it's designed so that you are lit, you know, so like the, the actual lighting situation so that they can see you very clearly. But from on stage, this the actual physical of the lights and the heat from the lights yeah. and you yeah. can't see anything and yeah. you're trying to, you've got to act like you can, yeah. you know, yeah. so that you, you got to feel personable. So you want to pretend like you're looking at people's eyes. Yeah. And yeah. I, don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that that's how it feels like on a, on a stage yeah. stage. You know? the, yeah, the more clearly people are able to see you, the less clearly you're able to see them. Yeah. Because that means there's more lights in your face and you can't see. And it's like looking into an abyss, right? It's talk, it's it's talking blindly to somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah. So what is your pre pre-show or pre-presentation preparation look like? What do you do like right before you get on stage to pre- pre- to present? Yeah, there's definitely like um, you know, a, a a, a series of things that I do to get in that place of power, um, which there's, you know, fire up the physical furnace. You know, I get my body tuned up, you know, a couple sit-ups, some stretches, some Qigong, um, you know, some different, you know, physical activities, um, some breathing. Uh, I warm up on, you know, maybe some apparatus that I'm going to use. I play a little bit of saxophone, you know, maybe do some juggling, something like that. Uh, you know, piano, whatever I'm doing. And then I, I mentally prepare as well. So I have, you know, I'm, I'm making my notes and hitting my bullet points and talking through things. Uh, and then I, there's a moment where I release as well. And I release any expectation to be perfect. And I say, I'm, my, my intention is not to be perfect today. My intention is to be authentic. And I'm here and I will never be perfect. My presentation will never be perfect. But when my message and my intention is there to give, to share, then I can't mess that up. And so I always visualize myself giving each attendee, each audience member a gift. And inside of that gift, when they open it up after the presentation, there's something in there. And I visualize that moment. Then I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm gifting I'm giving, I'm presenting a present to this, you know, group of people that I can't mess that up because I'm coming from that heart-centered place. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's really important because getting trapped in that, you know, being paralyzed by the perfection, getting trapped in that place, um, 
you know, the imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough or I'm not talented enough or I'm not fast enough or smart enough or whatever it is, is dangerous. Uh, so we got to get out of that mental space. And then the comparison syndrome as well of comparing ourselves to somebody who either just got off stage or somebody else that we've seen before. It's like, no, 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 I'm here right now as, as this current version of myself, you know, the oath, the possibility again, it's always there. And it's like, I'm here right now. And my intention is to give. I can't mess that up. It sounds like in a, uh, cause there's a lot to think about, you know, there's a lot going on that you just shared and there's, I'm sure there's a lot just running through your mind before you get on stage. Yeah. It sounds like to me an alignment that happens yes. of like mind, body, heart or mind, body, spirit, like yeah. however you want to put it yeah. before you get on stage so that you're, everything's aligned and you're clear. Yeah. You know, definitely an alignment. Yeah. There's definitely an alignment that, that, that happens and all comes together. And there's a feeling that happens when all that comes together. It's kind of like the temperature just gets crisp and cool and, and you're there and you're, you're, you're grounded. Um, and you're also like energized at the same time. You know, it's like there's energy moving through me. And there's a lot of visualizations inside of that too, of feeling grounded and this is inside of some of the Qigong, the energy work that I do, which is getting grounded to the earth, right? And then also like um, like astral, like going up. And then the energy is moving through me. So it's not coming from me. It's moving through me. And that's, wow, that's really fun. So when you get on stage, let's say you have like a 45-minute presentation, do you find that it goes by really fast? Or do you find... The opposite. <laughs> it depends. It's at this point, it moves really. Um, it's I'm pretty tuned in at this point. It move. It tends to move quite quickly, um, but it but it feels it feels somewhat normalized. I mean, there's definitely that an expansion and contraction of time when you're on stage. It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm on stage, like having a jam sesh. And I'm like, you know, playing music and improvising or something. It's like, well, the time's just going to fly by, you know. But if I'm delivering content and I'm speaking and I'm doing a program, time moves differently, you know, because I'm remembering points and I'm doing stuff. Uh, but it, you, the relationship with time definitely shifts. Um, but it depends on what I'm delivering. If I'm really in the zone and I'm in the flow, then it goes by like that, you know, and it's like, oh, that's gone by. But if I'm like, man, I've had some really painful presentations and this happens when I'm leveling up. I have, I call them death and rebirth experiences, Phoenix moments, where if I'm leveling up and I'm stepping into something new and I'm, I'm delivering something new, uh, then it can be really painful because I'm like trudging through it and I'm going through these growing pains of delivering it. And that can be really, really unpleasant. And I'm not, my intention is not to detour people from public speaking or performance, but uh, because it is super scary and super intense, it can be, it doesn't have to be, but, um, but there are tools to overcome that. And it comes with deliberate, deliberate practice, intentional focus and training and exercises to overcome that. Yeah. And, and as we're discussing this, I think it's, you know, important to note that, you know, certainly you've been on large stages with large audiences with the lights and the sound. And there's also like, you know, other people are coming at it from different angles, like, you know, simply 
uh, doing a presentation yeah. to their to their like conference room of yeah. people or something where you still sort of feel yeah. or a lot of people will still feel a lot of the same feelings. It might not be lights uh, blinding me, but like I'm still getting on a stage, yeah. even if there is no stage. So I feel like a lot of these techniques that you're sharing are things that can be really applied to, you know, different a different scale of types Definitely. of presentations. Definitely. Well, it's always assumed that the audience, you know, the audience wants you to succeed, whether yeah. that's your your colleagues, your coworkers, your peers. You know, whatever that you know, whatever that is, you're presenting a you know for a business meeting or a, you're facilitating a, a men's group or a women's group or whatever it is. You know, uh, that's that's a that's a game changer. Like yeah. just that one right there. And then mastering the nervous system is so critical, right? Keeping our heart rate down, uh, keeping our you know focused, right? We we want to be excited, but we don't want that excitement to rule us and that to become fear, to manifest in fear or anxiety or stress, right? And so that's that's managing that, uh, managing that energy. And then a lot of it comes down to the preparation, right? And when I first started keynoting specifically, I didn't know about like really, really like rehearsing and being tight about what I'm going to deliver. I didn't know about that because I love talking and I could just like talk to people all the time. And I was like, oh, I'll just get on stage and talk and just riff and freestyle. And I improvise all the time in conversation, facilitating workshops and small groups and, you know, jamming out. That's cool. But then when you stand on stage, like you got to know what you're going to say. There's no, I mean, yeah, you improvise, but you improvise on top of you know, your structure, just like you're going to play a, present a piece of music. You want to, you want to memorize and you want to internalize that content or that music or whatever it is that you're going to be delivering. And then you, you bring it to life, but that we have to encode that first. And then you're radiating that out, whether that's telling your story, you know, sharing your experience, delivering a program content or playing a beautiful piece of music. So memorize, then improvise. Yeah, exactly. Ha. Well, it's memorize, internalize, improvise. M I I, right? Me. Me. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but it is because we we gotta we gotta get, it's gotta be in us, right? So then we can deliver it, even if our even if we're like nervous, right? Even if we are nervous mm-hmm. and we're not feeling that sense of groundedness, mm-hmm. it's still a part of us. And then it's like, oh, I'm speaking my truth. I'm telling my story. I'm. This is my song. This is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to back up to something you said a couple minutes ago. You said um, you you said always assume the audience wants you to succeed. And um, this takes me back to one of our other podcast episodes that we have, which is about manifestation. If you haven't listened to that one, check that one out after this. But, um, you know, that that belief that you have, it's a belief that you're going to succeed and that the audience is yeah. cheering for you essentially. Yes. Yes. And that's going to manifest. You literally use that word that will manifest in how you show up. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. And this is something that um, I struggled with as a performer myself, uh, p- performing music, you know, 15, 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> but like, I can remember, I wish I had had your advice then because I often coming from a, a, an introverted, shy place, I often assumed that they didn't want me to succeed. I, and, and it was not something I was conscious of. I assumed that they were annoyed that I showed up. And it, it translated into, you know, like, I mean, it wasn't all terrible, but it translated into me feeling very self-conscious and always searching for the people that didn't want me there. And so that's what I would see. 
more often than yeah. searching for the people that did. So I think that's a really good point. And that's anchoring it into the why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I standing on stage? What am I here for? Right? What is the message that I'm giving? Am I here to, um, to express myself? Am I here to empower people? Am I here to inspire people? So for me, I'm always really clear on that gift that I was talking about. And there's a gift that I'm giving each participant, each person that's there, an attendee, uh, observer, and they're all leaving with a gift. And for me, um, I, I did thousands and thousands of shows in entertainment where I wasn't really super clear on why I was there. I was kind of there like just to entertain and that's kind of what I did and I had a career. But like as I got more and more refined in my why, then it was like, oh, I'm here to give a gift that's going to improve their life, that's going to empower them, that's going to inspire them, that's going to help them on their journey, assist them on their, their next chapter in their journey. And so it became less about me and more about them and more about that gift or that tool or that thing that I was giving them. And so that shifted a lot for me. And then suddenly me memorizing, internalizing, you know, that song on the guitar and singing or whatever it is that, whatever it is that we're doing, that suddenly took on a different shape and a different form, you know, because that underlying purpose was there and it was so, um, it was just so prevalent. It was so obvious. Yeah. I had to write down the MII because it's just it's a good little formula. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Focus on me. Right. Yeah, but it's <laughs> not know? focus on me. It's focus on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I want to try to stump you with a question here. Good. you have to think of. I like this. Okay. I like this game a lot. What is one skill that people don't know they need that's helpful for the onstage? Like something that's not obvious. What's one skill that people need that may not be obvious. Yeah, like, you know, most of the people you're like, what do I need to be a good presenter? Oh, you need to, you know, practice speaking. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) you need to be, you need to build charisma or something. So what's something that's not obvious that's something that's going to help me show up on stage better? You have to be able to solve the Rubik's Cube in under 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm failing already. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question, though. You know, I think what I'll do is I'll unpack that in, a, in an organic way by speaking out what you do need. There's certainly self-discipline, you know, and self-esteem. There's a lot of self involved. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love because I was a competitive tennis player when I was young. And the cool thing about tennis is that it's a very isolated sport. It's just you, your racket, and your opponent. And, and you're there. And a lot of the game is about you and your self-talk and your performance. And it isn't a team sport. You can't even talk to your coach. You know, and tennis is so much like solo keynoting performing because it's just you and you're there. And there, there's the moment, you know what I mean? And it's just you and your thoughts. So there's a lot of self-discipline, um, self-mastery in, this, in, in that realm, uh, a lot of layers inside of that. I think the skill of, the skill of, of, Maybe somehow like being generous is there. There's a skill of generosity, a skill of selflessness maybe is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. So there's all this self-mastery, which is making it all about yourself, training yourself, memorizing, internalizing, all of that, uh, mastering your craft, you know, whether that's, you know, whatever your your, your content is, your, your points, your circus, your music, your magic, whatever your thing is, right? 
But then there's this selflessness that's involved. And really that is getting out of your own way and making it about them, truly making it about them. That's, I think, the, I think the removal of, you know, the narcissism or the removal of that kind of, kind of self-centered ego, egocentric, I think that's a big one. Yeah. And that there's a humility and a vulnerability in there. Yeah. Well, the, I, you mentioned earlier, you think about the gift that you're there to give. You know, you focus on that with, when it comes to like preparing for being on stage, you know, and I think, I mean, essentially what you're saying is you're thinking about how you're spreading the good stuff yeah, on stage, that's it. you know, instead of taking the so much, like you said, so much of the focus is on me and me and I'm on stage and I'm under the lights. Yeah. And it's like, that can be very debilitating if you get stuck there. Yeah. Yes. And if you can shift, if you suddenly you shift the focus outward, it releases the pressure on yeah. you. There's so much you know? pressure if you're saying, I am the good stuff. Here I am. And you're worried about how good you are yeah. as opposed to how well people are receiving your message. Yeah. You know, it's different, a different thing. Yeah, we can all be the good stuff, mm -hmm. right? And now suddenly I'm an amplifier and an ambassador for good stuff as opposed to I am the good stuff and I am me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, one last question. If I'm getting started, let's say that I suddenly have to present something for the first time, like, and I've never done this before, what advice do you have for me on like where to start? Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I mean, I've, I've definitely supported a lot of people in this space and, um, and it can be, it can be an intimidating space for sure. So I would say preparation, start now, <laughs> like start way ahead of time, start before you think you need to start. And there's a, there's a lot of techniques involved with this, especially if it's your first time, you know, or, or you're in that, you know, kind of beginner mode, you know, writing things down is important. So getting out of your, of your, of your brain, of your body and writing it down is important. Typing it, scribing it, whatever your jam is. Then reading that out loud and recording that audio on like a, an app on your phone or whatnot and recording that and then listening back to it is so powerful. Then the next step to that is refining, rinse and repeat, refine that process, and then speak it out loud and film it, or that's an old definition, film, video it, right? Record it, and then watch that back, quite possibly a little bit painfully. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to wiggle and you're going to feel a little bit icky probably. And you're going to be like, oh, unless you're a true narcissist. And then you're like, oh, I'm great. But like, most likely you're going to be like, that was rough. Um, and, and, and so watch that back and then rinse and repeat that. Because what we want to do is we want to capture the real of what's happening. And so we can refine it because this is a communication technique where we want to be, um, you know, this is, this is something that actually I use in, you know, for relationships as well outside of that, which is, um, you know, the, the create the space, remove the emotion and, you know, communicate with clarity. That's the, you know, the, the CRC technique. So if we create space from the moment, right, from the delivering, then we remove the emotion, the charge of the, the, the adrenaline, and then we can, you know, communicate with that clarity 
then suddenly we can deliver that. And the emotion can come back in and we can feel the emotion in the moment for sure, but we wanna get to that observational perspective where we're removed from the emotional attachment of it. Oh, I did it one time, yes, great, awesome. Well, what did it really look like? What did it really sound like? So it's almost like that reality check. So anyway, that's that's kind of like some of the process that that, that I've gone through and done with lots of other people too, where it's like, you know, write it down, Record it on audio, speak it out loud, listen back, rinse and repeat, refine that process, then record it with video, watch it back, rinse and repeat and refine that process. And then that's all self-contained. So then there's the moment where now I'm going to share it with somebody. And this is really important to have a support team around you. Um, whether that's a friend, a peer, a cheerleader, a coach, a guide, a mentor, somebody you can share it with that's in a safe environment um, to get that, that feedback from, right? So you can speak it out loud. And then you can also overcome those nerves because everything changes when there's an observer. We know that. Everything changes when there's an observer. Um, and certainly when there's a lot of observers, you know? And so what we want to do is we want to simulate This is the trickiest part about public speaking or public performance or performing in front of people to simulate that experience because it's not like a technical skill where I can just sit there and noodle on my saxophone or I can type or I can, you know, whatever to refine that skill. It's like, it's really hard to synthesize, to simulate the live real time situation, environment experience when you're in your space. The only way to, to practice the skill of performing is to perform. And so what's really cool is if we can engineer those opportunities to simulate that stage experience or that presentational experience in small, you know, safe environments with trusted people so that we can work through all of the emotional stuff, refine the message um, so that when we stand and deliver it, we have it again, memorized, internalized, and then we can really, truly bring it to life in that moment. A lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully this, you know, again, is, is inviting to people to get out and speak more um, because it is powerful. You know, when we, can, when we can harness our energy and use our voice to speak our truth and share that message, we can inspire and we can make a difference in the world. And hopefully this is inspiring to people who feel that maybe you don't have a strong voice, but really you do. And Cindy actually presented at a conference that we produced called the Set Your Tone Summit. And we produced this, what, four or five years ago. And I convinced Cindy to speak. And her topic was, you know, what do you do when when your voice is quiet and the world is so loud? How do you express yourself? How can you how can you get out there and be heard? And her presentation was so good. It like brought the house down. And like people were loved it. And and she got on stage and she's quieter, right? She's more on the introverted side of the spectrum than me. I'm more on the extroverted side. People might look at her and say, "Oh, you're not as outgoing as Broncar, you know, but it's like she's super brilliant and she just needed that a little bit of training to then step out there and deliver a message that was super impactful and very much needed for the world and the attendees. And I'm so glad that she did, you know, mm-hmm. and so and so many, so many people out there have amazing stories and messages and important content to share and gifts to share with the world, um, but they may be paralyzed by perfection or 
you know, by that fear. And so hopefully this is inspiring to say, oh, actually public speaking or presenting or performing is a skill that can be deconstructed, that can be broken down, and then I can achieve it in a systematic way. And we can improve upon it. It isn't just something you're born with, uh, with doing. Yeah, well, that's the important thing is that you break it into the small, you know, if you look at it as the, the end, from the end point, like performing on stage, it's like, oh, that's terrifying. And how do I get ready for that? And it's overwhelming. But it's really just breaking it down into yeah. those steps that you shared of like, start here, and then you're going to do this process and this and like, yeah. you know, literally make that checklist of these things that you go through, yeah. to, you know, if you're like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, you have a you have a, a spreadsheet for the spreadsheet. But it's doable. Yeah. But it's doable. I mean, like it, it is, is. It can be a little a little unnerving and scary. But when you have something to latch onto like that, and like kind of a system of you know uh, a, a preparation system before you get onto the stage or yes. whatever, or the stage or the stage. Because otherwise, it, it it might be too much too fast. If you're like nothing, never performed, presented before, and then all of a sudden you're on stage in front of 10,000 people, it's like, whoa, that's a recipe for some less preferred stuff. But it's like we want to make those, you know, many micro moments add up to create that macro transformation. And so what we want to do is just we're raising the ceiling a little bit with our comfort zone. We're getting outside and extending and expanding outside of our comfort zone, you know, bit by bit, piece by piece, not too much too fast, right? I mean, it's, you know, eating the elephant one bite at a time. It's take, you know, it's tiny steps, you know, it's three foot tosses. It's, you know, there's many, many great, you know, metaphors and different types of language around it, but it's the same thing in this thing. And before, for me, you know, before I, you know, you know, getting on stage at Madison Square Garden in front of 20,000 people or 25,000 people, whatever it is, that's it's, that's freaking intimidating, you know what I mean? But it's like, I want to be tight with what I'm doing and I want I don't want that to just be like, tomorrow I'm doing that and today I've never done any performance. That's too much too fast, you know? But like, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to do the, the, you know, the Boys and Girls Club or the Rotary thing or the whatever, the backyard barbecue I want to do a few of those first, you know, you know what I mean? Before I get out there and, and, and rock that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for all of that awesome, um, information. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for visiting our living room here to record this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you have any, any last words of, not last words, but words of wisdom to add before we wrap up. Well, this is fun because I don't, didn't know these questions and I really yeah. like it being in the moment, you know? And this is really exciting for me to improvise with this, you know, improvise with the jazz of life. And hopefully people are inspired, man, because it's it's really important for our voices to be heard, you know? Yeah. It's really so, I hope you're inspired to speak your truth and spread some good stuff. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Broncar. Thanks for listening to Spread the Good Stuff podcast. If you like what you're hearing, then join our community at spreadthegoodstuff.com forward slash community. In addition to this podcast, the Good Stuff Network puts on group programs, live events, and retreats, all infused with music, meditations, laughter, and real authentic connections with amazing human beings. If you got some value today, do us a favor and spread the good stuff by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Spread that good stuff.